This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor in-play betting. Watch the action, predict the action and make your best bet. With the latest odds on over 1,000 daily events. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bringing down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4. Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Stuck back for Arfield. One up early. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the fire plays the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. Champions! 
I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Keenan! Oh, that's justice! That is justice at the Amex Stadium! Burnley are level and deserve to be! Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of this weekend's clash against Huddersfield Town. Um, and after um, some games against three of the top six in Watford, Luton and of course Millwall, this may offer a little bit of respite, um, but there's no easy games at any level uh, and I'm pretty sure Warnock will do everything he can. Um, to turn this game into an absolute slog. As I was just saying off air to the Huddersfield fan that we have waiting, if we were playing Huddersfield with Mark Fotheringham, I'd be expecting a comfortable win. But with Warnock, they are a different animal. And of course, um, I didn't check this before I went live. I probably should have done. Uh, I think they won their last game against Birmingham. I'll check with Johnny when I bring him in in a, in a second. So he's obviously had a decent start at Warnock, uh, if that is the case. But yes, of course... Um, off the back of a very good point um, down at Millwall, a lot of people maybe a little bit disappointed that we didn't get the win. Of course, it was a late goal, but a point down at Millwall, I think, is a very good result and one we can all be proud of, especially the fact that we were the better side for 95% of the game and had 70% possession. Could have easily been 2-3-0. Obviously, Brown will hit the post. Twine had a few chances in the first half, so um, I've not any, any issues with it. Uh, we've played Watford and Luton and Millwall in the space of a week or what was a week. And we got, what was it, five points, obviously draw at home to Watford, beat Luton down at Luton and then getting a draw with Millwall. So still unbeaten, that's 13 games unbeaten now. I'm not really sure what much more we can ask for the lads, really. Um, 13 unbeaten, had won 10 in a row. Steaming away with the league, 12 points clear now, I think it is off the top of my head. Again, I haven't checked it. Um, 16 points clear of third. Um, again, I th- some of the negativity I felt was a little bit much, but um, I just think that's the Burnley mentality coming out. Um, and another thing as well, this this thing with Scott Twine, there's been a lot of people criticising um, the theatrics. I think if we take us sort of like offended hats off, everybody wants to be offended straight away. If you look at his the fact that his boot got split by the challenge, yes, it is a good challenge and he wins the ball, does the lad. And I do feel like Twine does go down a little bit much. But you've got to remember, so it does too much when he's down. But you've got to remember, this lad has just been out injured for six months. He's obviously worried that the fact there's been a big impact that he's going to be out injured again for a long time. I think that's what it were, personally. I'm not going to sit here criticising him. Yes, it was a little bit much. And a lot of Burnley fans were like, that's not the Burnley way. And I do agree with that. But when you look at the fact that his boot got split by the challenge, it was obviously a tough impact. I just think he's gone on the floor shit himself, thought, oh no, big impact, I'm injured. Then he's realised, actually, I'm I'm not that bad. Um, Hopefully, as he gets a little bit older and and he gets some more games under his belt at this level, and of course, the Premier League next season, um, then yeah, he'll he'll hopefully get more confident. Um, Team news, Bayer's back, which is good. Um, Vincent Company said, I think I said Sean Dyson. Uh, Vincent Company said in his press conference today that um, Bayer will be back for this game, which is obviously good. Like, don't worry, don't, Knock it. I think that Ekdal and Amin were both brilliant against Millwall. Um, but I do think Bayer is head and shoulders above, um, well, both of them really. I think he's the better defender. Well, head and shoulders is a bit much, but I think he's the better defender of the three. Uh, personally, I would have Ekdal and um, Bayer starting against Huddersfield. But speaking of Huddersfield, we have got a Huddersfield fan waiting in the wings. It's Johnny, and he's from He Takes That Chance. I'll bring him in now. There he is. How are you doing, buddy? You all right? 
Yeah, not so bad. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, really, really good. Thank you. Really good. Now, Warnock, he's had a decent start, and I was right there in thinking he'd won your last match against Birmingham. Yeah, uh, two on. So that was officially his first game. He was in for the game previously, but he was in a New York in a jazz club that night, so he wasn't available. So yeah, Birmingham was his first game in in the dugout. Interesting. That that just sums Warnock up that completely, doesn't it? Like, yes, I'll, I'll sign the contract, but I've got I've got a gig at a jazz club over in New York, so let me get home at first. But um, are you impressed with the start? Um, obviously, so I know it's only one game, but it's a game you probably wouldn't have won under Fotheringham just based on simply the fact that you didn't win many games under Fotheringham. It's, yeah, it's a very valid point. I think, it, yeah, it was it was very kind of worn up. I think when we went one down, I think there was a bit of build up, a bit of hype around worn up. We go one down in the first kind of like first quarter of the game, and then start to sink. The fact we've managed to bring it back and score two goals, the fact we brought it back first and foremost, something we very rarely ever done all season, and two two decent goals. But it was very direct, not in a long ball way, but direct, quick pass it forward, break counter, the kind of typical worn up during performance you'd normally get out of it. Um, a little bit sure at the back as well, which is what we've lacked on the Fotheringham. So I think the amount of time he's had, it's all about three points for us. But yeah, there's an, there is an instant impact. And now he's had a full week on the training field. Probably not the greatest game to, to test that against against Burnley, given what you're doing. But hopefully we'll just see a little bit more of the Warnock way, which is, I mean, direct but sure to put the bank back and hopefully getting points. Yeah, it does sound typical Warnock, doesn't it? Um you mentioned there you came back and you won, uh, and that's not mm. something you probably would have expected previously. Is that uh, sort of like uh, just shows the sort of like characteristics that Warnock bring in, and it's going to say that the squad is now sort of like got a good character within the squad? Do you think that's something that he's going to bring with him? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's often when a manager leaves, there's a bit of a bad attitude. I mean, like he might have lost the dressing room or players haven't been mm. trying. I don't think we ever really saw that under under Fotheringham. I think it was just players are probably a bit disillusioned with what necessarily they've been asked to do or the fact they're disillusioned with the fact we were in such a bad run and morale was down. Um, and we said in our podcast, what do we want from our next manager? And I don't I don't think, given the fact this is our third manager this season, we we've got opportunities to kind of have someone who's got a different way of playing and trying to instill a new level of tactics at this stage. We purely need someone who's going to take the pressure off the squad, get the nervousness out of them uh, and make them have a bit of bit of fun with these games that we've got and try and get what we can I don't think you could get better than Warnock and I think that is is what we saw when we went one down I think under Fotheringham nothing to do with him but under under Fotheringham we would never have come back from that game because it's one down heads down that's it we've lost another game but I think Warnock probably gave a little bit more of a spark to actually be able to turn that round so probably the best way we, to get the three points really because we now know we, if we do go down we, we can win and we can mm. come away with three points yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, what's the difference then? I know it's only one game, um, but again, um, you you managed to get the win and you saw quite a few games under the old management. What's the difference then between a setup under Warnock and a setup under Fotheringham? <laughs> How long have you got? Um, <laughs> Organisation. I think um, getting yeah. players to do what they can do and what they're good at, recognising that is is key. Um, Warnock's still not blessed with a, a fantastic squad but I do think the squad has got enough in it well would have had enough in it from the start of the season to not be where we are <clears throat> I think we've just lacked that bit of experience as well um, and I think like I said just, just taking the pressure off we've got players who are good players who were part of the team that finished third last year um, and they've just lost the, lost the ability to play football They're making stupid decisions making mistakes looking under pressure and I think that's a lot it's a lot of 
lot football's a lot to do with mentality at Burnley are winning every week and you get used to winning. We were losing every week, you get used to losing. And I think mm-hmm. Warnock will try and be able to make that change and give players who've got the quality a little bit of confidence back, a little bit of comfort and just try and kind of get that little bit extra out of them, which they do have. I'm glad you mentioned last season because I do want to ask you about that. Not necessarily your season last season, but why do you think you were so close to the Premier League last season and, in my opinion, robbed that VAR should have should have stopped? Was it penalty? I can't remember what it was. There were two incidents where you yeah. were robbed. And <clears throat> I remember I remember even myself being irate about it and I, have, I had no hope about it at all. <laughs> um, but you did so well last season and then this season you're doing so badly. Like, Why is there such a juxtaposition between the two seasons? Yeah, there's quite a few things to be honest, and I guess being inside, you know, being our, being my club, being our club, you, you kind of see a lot more than you probably get coming through the media and, and third party. But it's a few things. First of all, we lost a few key players, so we lost O'Brien and Toffolo to Forest, which hurt a little bit more because it was Forest. Yeah, we lost Levi Cole at the back, who's now at Brighton, who's a Chelsea loanee, who's who's quite pivotal in that in in that back three, uh, three slash five. Um, there's been a bit of a drop off of of, of players as well um, in regards to like Pete Lees last year Tom Lees was absolutely exceptional not quite been at the same level this year um, so there's there's that first and foremost which kind of was, was straight away players, players leaving uh, loans expiring players being sold Corbran left with about three weeks before the start of the season so we started pre-season we obviously had a plan and Corbran kind of left with three weeks to go which forced the club to kind of make a decision in appointing Danny Schofield which was probably earlier than they were planning on doing that so that's Massive effect on pre-season. A lot of work's just gone out the door there. Yeah. Um, and injuries. Injuries has been something that's really hit us all, all year. And I know a lot of a lot of people say, yeah, over season, most clubs suffer from injuries, but we lost the spine of our team. We lost Pearson from the very start of the season from a pre-season game against Bolton. Hoggy at the start of the season was struggling. Um, we've had Danny Ward be out for most season. We've lost Nichols now, who was player of the season last year. Um, so in, in the in the EFL team of the year last year. So he's gone as a keeper. So we've, we've lost key players in key areas. Um, Andrew was a player that, Tina Andrew, that was was great. Um, we, saw, we saw quite a bit of quality from last season. He's he's barely um barely featured in the first half of the season. He's now out for the season now once he came back from an ankle injury. So we've really suffered with key players in key areas of the pitch and we've struggled to kind of get our best team out there. So that's not helped either. And then aside from that, we've had issues off the field. So ownership struggles, um, trying to sell the club, lack of investment because they're trying to sell the club. So you kind of got the four main pillars of a successful football club: good management on the, in the boardroom and on the field, good quality squad, um, and trying to avoid injuries. And all four of those areas we've suffered with, and that's why we are where we are. I guess when you put it like that, it's completely understandable. Just from the outside looking in, when you don't <laughs> yeah. understand everything that's gone on, I'm just mm. like, why are they so bad this season compared to last season? But again, I didn't pay too much attention to the championship last season um, for obvious reasons. You mentioned injuries there. Is there any big injuries that you've got coming up into this game that we should know about? Yeah, so we've... Um, Turton, Turton was a key key part of defence and he kind of came back and played for a couple of games and looked to sure it up a little bit. He's, his season's over. Um Nichols has been out obviously for a few weeks now. Our keeper was quite a big miss. We kind of had a few players come back. We were expecting the Warnock, um, Danny Ward and Mikel, who's a striker obviously, and Mikel Hellick, our centre back. And uh, Warnock is apparently a um, massive fan of Wardy and, and rung him and said, "Are you fit?" And Wardy said, "Yeah." And he said, "Right, we're playing then." So that's something that might not have happened on the following. I think um, the medical staff weren't probably too keen on that. But um, I think 
I think at the moment, Nichols is probably our, our biggest miss. Um, we've got a young lad's block pitch who actually made his debut against Burnley um, last year in the Cup, who's debutising for him. But that's quite a big miss for us at the, at the moment. But um, hopefully, I mean, Helic got through and hopefully Ward can play because they are quite pivotal. Certainly in the back with them, um, we've got suspensions and injuries in, in, in the back line and Ward's quite quite key to how we play going forward. So hopefully they'll be, they'll be fit. Yeah, I want to talk to you about some of Warnock's comments. I think he's made them today or in a press conference or something. Um, I haven't got them to hand, so I'm paraphrasing a little and apologies to anybody listening, any Huddersfield fans if I get this wrong. It's not slander if I do get it wrong, I just can't remember. Um, but he said something, he's got a couple of players who may or may not be coming back. And he has basically said a lot, something along the lines of, I'm not going to risk them at Burnley because with all due respect, we're not going to get, we're not going to stay up by winning a game against Burnley. If we're playing a team like Coventry or somebody else, then yeah, I would risk them. But we're not going to risk these players... Um, against Berlin. Now, as, as much as I could understand this point of view from being in the Premier League for so long, say like if we were playing, and I'd, I'd meet, <laughs> take this with a pinch of salt, please, I'm not in any way, shape or form comparing us with Man City, but say, for example, if we were playing Man City away, who were top of the league, and we had one of our players on the edge of coming back and then nearly the week after we were playing Brighton, for example, I think, nah, just save it for Brighton. We'll probably get dicked up at Man City. So I could understand that point of view, but you not think it's a little bit negative at the same time as well? Them sort of comments? Yeah, potentially. Do you know what? He's He's kind of talked about the Burnley game quite a bit. Um, he mentioned it quite. In, I think I'm sure he mentioned it at his first press conference. Not that specifically, but on the lines of, "Well, we've got Birmingham, then oh, we've got to Burnley." And like, isn't that that's going to be fun, isn't it? Kind of almost writing off. Now, I don't know if he's doing that. It's a bit yeah. of a, a media spin to try and take the pressure off. He's mentioned it being a free hit quite a few times as well. So whether he's thinking getting the mentality that the, the freedom the players are going to going to play without any pressure. I don't know. He's he's a clever man, Warnock, and sometimes what he's saying isn't necessarily what he's meaning, or what he's he's not necessarily getting. He's, there's another level underneath what he's what he's saying, trying to get something out of it. Um, personally, if if that is his mindset, and I, I, I guess managers will have games that they target for three points and games that they target for a point mm. and games they think, well, if we get anything out of that, fantastic. There might be a little bit of that um, because if we have we have got a, a thin squad and we've got players who are playing with a knock, you might think, well, give them the week off and target the games. But on the other side of that, we've not got a lot of games left and we need every point, every point we can get. We've not got a luxury of trying to skip games or, or, or throw games and focus on other ones. So, yeah, well, I think we'll have to see. I think when the lineup comes out at two o'clock on Saturday, it, it might surprise us. You might see a little bit of gamesmanship or you might genuinely be thinking, there's nothing to get from out of this game. We'll target something else. But I think it's a dan- it's dangerous, given where we are, how many points we're behind, how many games are left, to completely write off a game. I mean, well, as a betting man, I'd, I'd be back in Burnley all day long. But like we said um, before we started, it it would be fantastic for the press, wouldn't it? And and, and Sky Sports and talks about everything. If like Warnock goes and does something on Saturday, and it, it'd be kind of a little bit Warnock to do that. Um, someone compared it to what Dyche did against with Everton against um, mm. Arsenal, a little bit like that. So I don't know. Under Fotheringham, no chance. Under Warnock, you never quite know. You can get under the skin of, under the skin of a team. And given how Burnley like to play, um, if we try and stifle them, there might be something there. So to completely write it off, I think would be would be um, a little bit naive. But if he, if that is what he's doing, look, not to second guess him, not to kind of say he's wrong, but I can potentially see maybe why why he might be doing that. 
Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said he's a, he's a clever man, I think. And there's a lot more mm. to it than him probably just writing it off. Even it is a mentality thing to get into the players' heads to sort of like give them the um, sort of like the, the confidence to be able to do it or the relaxation that it doesn't necessarily matter if you lose 3-0. I'm not going to be that arsed um, as long as we can follow up with some decent results in the next games. I obviously I want to talk to you about Matthew Lawton because obviously um, former Burnley man, Still technically a Burnley man, I think. Um, and then obviously on loan at you guys. Um, how's he doing? Because a lot of Burnley fans hold him in quite high regard, especially if Burnley fans have sort of like, say, my generation, because he's been here for quite a while, but sort of like uh, Burnley fans at my sort of age um, hold him in high regard. It was a big part of the success we had uh, for the last nine years on the dice, really. Um, so how's he getting on at Huddersfield? Yeah, well, there was quite a bit of excitement from coming in, really, personally, for me. Like I said, I'm one of my best mates is a Burnley fan, and when we were linked with him, you kind of said, well, really, you're probably not too far away from our team in level of quality. It's just the way Burnley like to play and how they use the full-backs. Yeah. Um, so it was quite high expectation of coming in. Obviously, I've known him being at Burnley and a Sheffield United previously, so town fans have known of him quite a while. So I think it was, it was seen as, a, okay, that this looks a relatively good pickup, But um, I... I wouldn't necessarily say he, he, he struggled. Um, I think you've got to give him a little bit of grace, the fact that he's not played football for, for quite for six months or so, um, certainly first team level. Um, and I think that that showed a little bit. I think he looked a little bit rusty. There was moments of, of you can see, oh yeah, he's a little bit, a bit, of, a, bit of quality, but equally he has unfortunately him, some of his mistakes have directly led to, to goals recently. I think that kind of highlights, um, highlights it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think, He's relatively solid. Um, he, he, he also suffered slightly because we really needed a, a left back when we signed a right back. So I think it's not it's not Lowen's fault, but he wasn't a left back, so he kind of got a little bit of heat for that as well. And like I said, not necessarily his fault. But I think he's done probably I'd say six out of ten so far. Probably not as well as we might have hoped. Um, but again, he, he's come into a difficult environment. He strikes me as a, as a worn-up player. He strikes me as someone that Warnock will, will like and get along with. So whether we see a bit more of, of him now going forward and a bit more of the player we'll probably expect him, we'll get him maybe. Like I say, he's been asked to play centre-back. He's been asked to play left-back. Neither of which are his positions. So I think, you've got to, I think you've got to give him a bit of credit with that as well. And also coming back into first-team football week in, week out, which which he's not he's not done in the first half of the season as well. So I think he's done OK. But um, yeah, some town fans might disagree with that. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Matt. Uh, he's actually been on the podcast as well uh, during COVID, so I've got a lot of time for Matt. I wish him nothing but the best. Um, can he play this weekend? I presume he can't. No, I, I, no, I don't think he'll play. No, I'm sure yeah, he's... Um, be a, shame. a few a few town fans were a little bit naughty and said, actually, they should have reversed it and made him to play. Might have been better. <laughs> but I think, that's a bit, yeah. I think that's a bit harsh. But yeah, no, I, I presume he can't. Yeah, uh, I, w- I would presume that as well. Uh, looking ahead to the game then, obviously we were saying off air and you kind of just followed it up in your, one of your previous answers. Um, if we were playing a Huddersfield Town team under Mark Fotheringham, I would be pretty confident in a win. Um, but Neil Warnock, Neil Warnock and Burnley go back a long way as well. So there's the fact that, as you've just mentioned, he's got this, he will stifle the game. That's exactly what a Warnock team will do. I've got no problems with it. Burnley did it for what, six years in the Prem, we can't really complain now uh, if teams start doing it to us. But I expect you to be well organised. I expect you to slow the game down at every opportunity. I expect you to do everything you can to stop us legally. Um, but as I'm saying as well, Warnock, Warnock gets under Burnley fans' skins. Not so much recently, but from back in the days of Stan Turner, Stan Turner and, and Neil Warnock. I don't know if you remember, obviously, with your uh, having a best friend who's a Burnley fan. 
Um, they used to get under each other's skin. They'd fall out quite a lot. So I think Warnock would love to get something against Burnley. But um, what sort of game are you expecting? I know you mentioned earlier you said you're quite direct. Um, you, have, you yourself have said you will try and stifle it and slow the game down. So is, is that what you're expecting you to do? Yeah, I expect so. I think, um, like it says, as you all know from success in the Premier, I think we try and... If we try to go toe to toe, it's not the way we play. We try to go toe to toe with Burnley. We will, we will come off second best. So you've got to look at a different way of, of getting the points. We're, we're away from home, so we'll probably naturally be a bit tighter anyway. Um, look to take our chances. Uh, probably look to try and counter if we can do and, and, and keep it tight. But at the same time, frustrate Burnley. I mean, I know Burnley liked a lot of possession anyway, just from the way mm. you, you play. Um, we'll probably happily give you it. Um, I think a lot of time fans would take a point straight away before kickoff. So whether we try and hold hold out for that and try and stick stick nil nil and and, and, and counter, I'm not sure. Um Fothering used to do that a lot. We've got a point, so we'll try and do absolutely nothing in the game and hope we come away with it. I think we'll probably do a little bit more than that, hopefully. Um with with one we do have a couple of players who I mean can can hurt Burnley. Um Heard you saying in your preview before I came on about Bay being back, that was a bit of a disappointment because I was hoping I mean two I said second second rate centre backs, but they probably still walk into our team. Yeah. Um, gives us a bit of a chance, but yeah, I think I think you'll try and be clever, try try and wind players up. Hoggy will probably be in the refs here and winding players up, but I mean, Barnes will be doing the same to us, so no doubt that'll even itself out. But yeah, I think what way we've got to do is try and stay tight, take a chance when they come. Um, we, we we've got we've got people who can hurt from set pieces, and we've got a little bit of pace in in Humbo as well, and just try and see what we can do. But I think everyone there on, on Saturday would happily, happily take a point. Yep, fair enough. You mentioned there you have got some players that can hurt us. That's always one of my questions. What are the players that we should be looking out for on your team that can hurt us? Um, I think Hungbo is, is a good player. So he's on loan from Watford. Um, played a bit in the first half season for them. He's um, come over to us on loan. Strong, pacey. Um, scored a great goal against Birmingham. So he'd want to pick out. Um, we've just... Brought up a, a fullback called Headley, um, who's a young lad. Again, he scored against Birmingham. He's got a bit of pace. Um, slightly questionable at the back, but does enjoy going forward. And then if he's if he's on his day, knockout can always go to that bit of quality to play a pass or to jump in, yeah, um, or score a goal. So he's one as well. And hopefully, if, if Ward's fit, he's quite crucial to where we play into Ward's feet and move off him. So there are a few players I'd, I'll probably pick out to watch that Jimmy might might be able to take the game to Burnley and hopefully. Um, help us get something out of it yeah uh, this is a question I always like to ask opposition fans um, what are your thoughts on Burnley and what they've done this season I know we've mentioned it a couple of times obviously you probably have kept a bit of a close eye on Burnley with one of your best friends well your best friend being a Burnley fan um, what are your thoughts on what we've done because I, I know people who listen to the podcast a lot will be sick of me repeating this side of it but we know we've completely changed everything about the side from last season to this season changed the manager changed the style of play changed the entire ethos we are just completely different changed pretty much the entire playing staff apart from a few so what are your thoughts on what, what we've done and what we're achieving this season? Well you played his first game of season hmm. and when company was hired I personally thought that was a poor decision um, because I think Burnley needed they were clearly going to have to do a rebuild. They're clearly going to lose a lot of players. And it was quite, I know they've not done like 10, 15 years in the Premier League, but they've been in the Premier League for quite a while. And it was going to be a culture shock. Um, I didn't think company was the right person to come and rebuild the team and deal with that. Uh, been proved completely wrong. I, I knew I was wrong 10 minutes into that first game of the first season because I was astounded by the way Burnley had played football and the way company got that complete. I, 
a complete culture change across. And I know he was doing it with new players and not the old players, but still to get the amount of players he got in, um, I think you needed a who's who in that first game to work out even who, who was yeah. on your team. Um, but to get him playing such such quick, clean um, and aggressive football in that short period of time. And then you're thinking, well, can it can it last? Can it stick? Will they, will they blow out? Not happened. Um, and it's just gone from strength to strength. So I think... Um, I think it's a it's a it's a exceptional um, example of of how to how to do it when you come down from the prem. A lot of people who probably don't know Burnley as close as as, as you do or potentially I do look at one point to the parachute payments and points of money. Mm. Again, completely dispel that myth. The amount of money they went out of the door by way of selling um, players more than funded what what came in the door. And again, some of the pickups that you've done one, two, three, four million. Not mega books. It's just knowing who, what fits, what company wants to do, and, and what you can get out of them. So, um, I think it's 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 a textbook way to do it. And I think a lot of clubs will will look at Berlin with a bit of envy the fact that they've they've had such a successful season by playing football the right way, but also not not just doing it as a bankroll as well. Um, and there's there's plenty plenty of teams you can point to have come down and, and it's not worked, um, and teams that have thrown money at it and it's not worked. Um, or even hired big name managers and it's and it's not worked. So I think it's um it's refreshing to see that I mean the one of the one of the best teams I think I've seen um in the championship. Um so yeah, more more than happy for Burnley to, to to go up if that's what happens, more than likely it will do. Um and it's just we'll watch with interest to see how this team um and company attack the Premier League because again it's a completely different way of doing it. Like you yeah. say, you're no longer the Man Cities, you are the Burnleys, do you know what I mean? The Southamptons, and how how that works will, will be interesting. So I think, yeah, um, we'll see what happens next year. Yeah, I think a lot of Burnley fans will like that answer. That's very well said. I can, if I do say so myself. But I was at that game the first day of the season. I remember turning to my friends after about 10, 15 minutes, like you were saying, I'm like, we're actually keeping the ball. Our fullbacks mm. are inverted. Like they're going into the centre when we don't have the ball, or when we do have that. I just don't understand what's going on. And I had to like, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, but uh, yeah, I knew that I didn't know we were going to do this well, but I knew I knew then that yeah, this is this is going to be a decent season, and of course, I think in that game, yeah, we got the win. Uh, probably should have had a penalty, uh, but I'm over it. Um, but I remember do thinking like, oh, it should be by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and I remember at the time thinking like, oh yeah, we're decent, but you know, we still looked a little bit rough around the edges, and then we had a bit of a slow start after that, drawing too many games, losing at Watford. Um, but then, yeah, we really have come into his own since, and it, it's been an absolutely fantastic season. Um, just before I get predictions and stuff, uh, well, for the game, I want to get your predictions on your season. Obviously, the main aim now has got to be staying up um, at this stage of the season. Um, just looking at the league table now, you do have a game in hand on Cardiff, who are one place above you, but they are four points ahead of you, and they've won their last two games as well. Um, beneath you is Blackpool and Wigan. Then you've got Rotherham, five points ahead of you. Birmingham seven points ahead of you, then QPR eight points. Are you thinking you can stop up, or are you looking at that table and think it's a little bit too much? I think there's, a, I think there's, yeah, I think there's every chance. Our, our game in hand's against Bristol, so it's a, it's a game you can get points out of. Um, like I say, it's a game in hand against Burnley. You may as well write it off. So it's, a, it's a winnable game that game in hand. Um, I think it's a bit of a shame that results have probably gone against as well. Cardiff have won back to back. We're going to got to win. Um, so that's that's not helped. 
we, that's why I'm saying I don't think we can write any game off. Every game now we've got to try and get points out of. Um, I think Warnock just provide a bit of potential factor to, 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 I mean, to do that. But then the runner games that we've got, I think we've got one of the, the toughest fixture lists now um, going into the end of the season. We play a lot of the top nine, top ten. Um, but there's every chance that we play teams that either have qualified the playoffs and are resting or the mid-table teams that we play might have thought well, they're out of the playoffs and therefore it's done. Um, like Sheffield United, they might they might be up, they might not because Borough are hot on their heels. But yeah, I think um, it's going to be tough. It's going to take something which is um, going to be remembered for a long, long time if we do do it. It will be a great escape if, if we do. So I think, like I said, the bookies have got us right down there, um, well, right up there, rather as favourites to to go down, and they're in, inevitably not not often wrong. So it will take a, it will take something quite extreme to get us to get us out of that. But we can do it. Like I say, weirder things happen. It's championship. Anyone can beat anyone, um, and I think we've probably got the best manager to try and get us out of that with the games he's got um, and and the little amount of time he's got. So fingers crossed. But if anything you could do for us on Saturday, I mean, we need the points more than you. So. <laughs> Yeah, we are running away with it slightly, but um, we, we are looking ahead to the Blackburn game and thinking, let's try and get promotion secured when we play Blackburn, potentially in March, but we don't really know when that game's going to be now, thanks to the FA Cup quarterfinals, if we beat Fleetwood. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves on that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I do hope we stop up. I'm just looking at that relegation, uh, them relegation places. Now, even though we've got this Lancashire rivalry with Blackpool and we're supposed to have this sort of like Yorkshire-Lancashire rivalry with any team in Yorkshire, really. I don't like the look of that relegation place. And I want all three of them teams to stop up because they're all close games. Not that we'll be mm. in this league next season. But for me, you can send Cardiff, Birmingham and QPR down. Send them three down because that's their all miles away. So I do hope you stop up. Um, anyway, thoughts on the actual game, like predictions then. Um, I'll go first. I, I do think Warnock will turn it into a slog. I think some Burnley fans are looking at this and thinking 3-4-0. And as I've said, under Fotheringham, maybe... Um, I think I think a professional 2-0 sort of job rather than a running away with it 3-4-0 sort of job. Um, I think you'll frustrate us for the first half an hour, maybe even 45 minutes, as teams like Blackburn have done, um, who've come to the turf and, and been 0-0 at half-time, but then the second half would be much better and put the team to the sword. I think that's what we'll do. I think you'll frustrate us for 45 minutes. Company will do his uh, standard company rollicking at half-time, change things around a little bit. And then hopefully we'll, we'll we'll I just think we've got the better players and that's ultimately what'll mm. what'll will see us over the line and then we'll win two 0 in the second half. Um, what's your thoughts on the game prediction wise? Yeah, I mean if I was answering my heart, I'd probably say one one. Um, but on my head, I'd probably reckon like say a late a late a late goal. Do you know what I mean? Late maybe late two goals, 80th minute, eighty seventh minute, something like that. I just think we'll we'll work hard. We'll try. Um, we might get something out of the game. We might get a goal, but it's whether we can keep you out for for that long with. The, quality players you've got like Zahori and Teller those, the pace and the trickery that they've got I think tired legs might might start to show but then you play midweek and we didn't so there's every there's every chance yeah. there um, but your heart would say a 1-1 but if you asked me to put money on it I'd probably say I'd probably say a 2-0 Burnley both goals in the second half yeah I'd agree with that one uh, well that's it we'll start wrapping up thank you for coming on the show mate it's been a pleasure no more than happy thank you yeah, and just before we do go, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and where they can find your podcast, YouTube channel, Facebook page, that sort of thing? Yeah, so Twitter or, or, or we've got YouTube channel as well. It's Andy Takes That Chance, which is named after the commentary when we um, went up against Reading in 2017. But yeah, um, we do preview shows for each game, um, which I think you might have been on ours. 
And then yeah. obviously review review on a Sunday um, evening, not around 8.30. But yeah, Andy takes that chance, Twitter and YouTube. Yeah, well, if you want to go and check out some Huddersfield content, especially the one that I was on, then please feel free to do so just by following the advice there. But as I said earlier, thank you for going on the show, mate. It's been a pleasure. Good luck for the rest of the season. Just thank after you. Saturday. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.